So this series is, it's deliberately titled Practice Makes Progress because practice doesn't make perfect. Because you're not going to be perfect. At the end of the, end of the series, you're not going to be perfect. Neither am I. But hopefully, you're going to make some progress. I just really believe, and I've got faith that in this series, we're going we're gonna to draw closer to Jesus. We're going to grow. We're going to go deeper in our relationship with Him because that's the progress we actually need to make. We're loosely basing this series on, a, on a, an amazing book uh, called The Celebration of Discipline. Anybody read that? Uh, by Richard Foster. Uh, I'm, not, you know, I'm not seeing any hands. Um, I actually, I want to read you, I want to start out, I want to read to you the very first sentence of the very first chapter of this book. I think we've got it on the screen here. Uh, it says, superficiality is the curse of our age. The doctrine of instant satisfaction is a primary spiritual problem. The desperate need today is not for a greater number of intelligent people or gifted people, but for deep people. You know what the crazy thing about this quote in this book is, is that it was written in the year of my birth. It was written in 1980. I tell you, it's prophetic. Because not only was it true then, how much more true is it now that actually there's a lack of depth. We're just living at a superficial level. We live in a culture of superficiality. And, and, and essentially the world is drowning at the shallow end of the pool. <laughs> and it needs Christians, it needs you and I to come in and, and, and pull them out and take them into the deep. The problem is though, we don't know how to swim. Or we've perhaps forgotten how to swim. So, so this series, I really want, I really want us to, to learn how to go deep into God. And it's not depth for depth's sake, because actually it's what the world is crying out for. It's what we are crying out for. We're just looking for it in our phones, in our, in our uh, superficial things that we do to try and fill the void in our hearts. Because we have the answer, and this time the answer is Jesus. He is the answer. And, and ultimately, that's what this series is about. It's, it's, it's inspiring us to go deeper in Him, to draw near to Him. Because that's actually, that's actually what discipleship is all about. These practices that we're going to be talking about are actually about connecting us with Jesus so that we change and we become more like Him. Is that good, church? Tell me if that's good. Is that good? I need to, the, 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 the more feedback you give me, the better I will preach. Um, so thank you. That's yeah, good. Because um, too often, we, you know, we come to church and we sing and we listen and, we, and we, we meet with one another, but we often remain the same. We have to change. We have to be different. And the way we change is through putting these practices into our lives. Because the world desperately needs us to change. It needs us to be the fullness of what Christ has called us to be. And we all want to change the world around us. Leo Tolstoy, he's, he's a, you know, wrote War and Peace. And smart man, he said, everybody thinks of changing humanity and nobody thinks of changing himself. Wow. See, we all want, oh, we want to change the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we've got a massive gaping hole. We've got all this stuff in our own life. And we, we actually, we need to change if we're going to change the world around us. Is that true? You agree with that idea? So the way we do that, the way we change is by going deeper with Jesus. 
And the way we connect with Jesus is through these things called disciplines or practices. Now, I know you're sitting there going, oh, my goodness, Dave, I go to work 40 hours already a week. I don't want more stuff on my plate. I don't need more practices and disciplines. And that just sounds like hard work. Can we please just skip to the easy stuff? Uh, but I tell you, and, and I reckon you'll, you'll, you'll agree with me by the end of today that actually these things, they will build a hunger in your life. They will actually, they will, they will not just make things harder, they will actually make things easier. It's, it's, it seems counterintuitive, but, but the more you work on these things, actually the easier life becomes. If we think of that word uh, discipline, building a discipline into our lives, you might, often, you might just think, oh, that's like being punished. Uh, that's one meaning of the word discipline, uh, and all the te- school teachers said amen. Um, but, but discipline, it actually comes from disciples, the Latin disciples, which means pupil. And that's where we get our word disciple. So we're actually becoming disciples, we're becoming pupils of Jesus as we practice these disciplines in our lives. That's the whole idea. That's our highest aim, really, isn't it, as Christians, to become more like Christ. Now, if the term discipline or the, the, the term practice still is too hard for you, you're still like, that still sounds like too much work. How's this one? Unforced rhythms of grace. That sounds nice. I like that one. Well, I like how the, me- the message puts it like this in Matthew 11, 28 to 30. It says, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. This is Jesus speaking. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Who wants to live freely and lightly? Come on, the rest of you didn't put your hands up. You're lying. You want to live freely and lightly. You can't live the deep, full life that God has for you if you're just doing religion. That will, as the passage says, will just wear you out. That's what religion does. But Jesus, when we walk with him, when we learn his unforced rhythms of grace, he guides us and he teaches us to live lightly and freely. You could, cause, you could call this the path of, un, uh, uh, not undisciplined, The path of disciplined grace. Let me get that right. The path of disciplined grace. It's grace because it's free. It's discipline because there's something for us to do. Do you get that? It's grace because it's it's his free gift to us. But it's disciplined also because we've got a partner with him. There's something for us to do as well. The great uh, World War II theologian Dietrich Bonhoeffer makes it clear. He said that, that grace is free, but it's not cheap. It costs Jesus something, but it's a free gift to us. The grace of God is unearned and unearnable. But if we expect to grow in grace, we have to consciously do things that draw us near. Right? Spiritual growth doesn't just happen. You don't just become a Christian and you just sit on your tush and wait. And just slowly you become more like Christ. I'm sorry if that's what... You thought, if you just come to church, just kind of by osmosis, you'll become more like Jesus. You know, churches, I haven't worked out the percentage, but it's an hour to an hour and a half of your day, of your week, I should say. That's not enough for you really to grow. 
You know, if you practiced, I, I used to play the violin and I used to practice an hour every day and I got good at that. But I had to do it for an hour. If I did it an hour a week, I would have been useless. I would still be just learning twinkle, twinkle, little star. But, you know, I, I got better because I practiced every day. It's something you've got to build into your life. The, the Apostle Paul, he, he says it very simply. He says in 1 Corinthians 11, verse 1, follow my example as I follow the example of Christ. Pretty simple. Do what Paul did as he followed what Jesus did. Jesus himself, did you know Jesus himself had disciplines? He was incredibly disciplined. He had these things that he practiced regularly. He had these unforced rhythms of grace in his own life. Don't believe me? It's true. Because, you know, we often think, when we think of Jesus, we think, Oh, look at all the amazing things he did. We, we focus on his miracles. We focus on the amazing things that he did. We focus on the cross, but we forget that actually behind that stuff, there was a foundation of these disciplines. Get this, Luke 5, 15 to 16. Yet the news about him, Jesus, spread all the more so that the crowds of people came to hear him and to be healed of their sicknesses. So that's the stuff we focus on. But then verse 16, but Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Right there, there's two disciplines that Jesus often practiced, solitude and prayer. And we forget that. We just want the miracles, thanks. We just want the, the shiny, flashy stuff. We just want this cool stuff. Oh, Jesus, I just want to do these cool things and live a happy life. Actually, there's, there's some discipline behind it. And we know Jesus, you know, so we know that he prayed, that he practiced solitude, but he also, he also fasted. Oh, he fasted for 40 days. He obviously read and studied the scripture because he came out and quoted large chunks of it. Uh, he went to church. It was a, he went to the synagogue. He, he practiced the Sabbath, sometimes in ways that annoyed religious teachers, but he did that too. He practiced celebration. He practiced service. He practiced simplicity. He had all these, these disciplines in his life. That was the way of Jesus, and it's the best way to live. But it's also a narrow way. Matthew 17, 7, 13 to 14. It says, Enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. But small is the gate, and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. I think often we read that passage that, that, about the narrow gate as being... Uh, about who's in and who's out when it comes to heaven. But that's actually not what it's about. It's rather that there's a narrow way to follow Jesus. And we need to find that. We need to follow him. There's a broad way that it's just like, do whatever you want, follow your heart, just kind of follow your desires, be true to yourself, blah, 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 and uh, just do whatever. But no, there's a narrow way that is following Jesus. And the narrow way is there for all of us, but it's a disciplined way. It's got a small gate, and only a few find it. And my prayer for this series is that we all embrace the narrow way that Jesus followed. Not narrow in our thinking, not narrow-minded, not narrow in the way we love, but in the, the way it's described is the context of that passage is actually the Sermon on the Mount. 
And Jesus is saying, this is the way. And he's talking about, you know, how, how we forgive and how we, there's peace and we're not lustful. We're not angry. We live together in community. We're generous. We do things for the right reasons. He's to, in the context of that, that's the narrow way that Jesus is talking about. So today, it's, it's just really an intro. It's a taster. But it's also, I really want, want us to get the heart of the narrow way. Because if we don't get the heart of these practices and these disciplines, then we'll miss the whole point. Uh, we've got to get the heart behind it, behind these rhythms of grace. And the crazy thing is that these, they've been around for, for millennia, for, for thousands of years. You know, when Jesus rocked up, people were already worshiping God. They were praying. They were celebrating. They were spending time together. They were serving. They were, you know, spending time in solitude. Yet often in our kind of culture, we've, we've neglected a lot of things. We've kind of thrown out the baby with the bathwater. And we're just always about the new and the next and the greatest. No, no, we're just going to slow down a bit, church. And we're going to go deeper. Are you good with that? Okay. You on board with that? Awesome. So I want to share with you three things about the disciplines this morning. Three things about the practices of this, this unforced rhythm of grace. So the first one is that the disciplines connect us to Jesus. I can't stress this enough. It's all about relationship with Jesus. This is the why behind the what. That's actually the point of these disciplines, to connect us with Jesus. Um, then all, all of them in various ways do it. Uh, I won't go through each one, but some are obvious, you know, prayer and worship. But others are perhaps less so, you know, service. But if you think about it, we're never, you know, more like Jesus than when we're, we're serving someone as he served. Maybe submission, you know, when we submit to unfair treatment like Jesus did, we're very much like him. Where we run into trouble is when we take these disciplines and we, we, we go after the disciplines for discipline's sake. Instead of remembering that they're there to connect us with Jesus. You know, there's absolutely no point in getting up at 5 a.m. and going, right, I'm going to read 10 chapters of the Bible and I'm going to pray um, for three hours and, and, and then and realize that actually that just so we can tick it off a list, just so we can go, yeah, I've practiced, I've done these disciplines. That's, that's great. But actually, if you haven't connected with Jesus, what is the point? You know, they're not virtuous in and of themselves. You know, and we always slip back to the legalistic thinking. We always think, oh, I've got to just do these things for these reasons. They have no virtue in themselves. God does not care, actually, how many times you read the Bible. Uh, he doesn't care how many people you've served or how many songs you've sung in worship. There's no righteousness in these outward acts. Don't worship the disciplines themselves. That's the trap the Pharisees fell into, right? They were all about the outward show. They were all about doing the outward disciplines. And Jesus ripped into them for it, you know. Now, the disciplines draw us towards God. They don't win us brownie points with God. Do you get that? They draw us towards God. They don't earn us brownie points with God. Too often we think, oh, God will love me. God will answer my prayers if I spend this time with him. Uh, actually, that's just your thinking legalistically. Don't turn the disciplines into law. There's nothing like legalism to just choke out your relationship with God. See, rigidity is not discipline. 
In fact, rigidity is a sure sign that you've gotten legalistic about your relationship. You know, I, I can't help that person out uh, because I've got to do uh, my Bible study. Hmm, that sounds like a Pharisee to me. If, you know, if I think about my relationship with Maya, we have a discipline. We have a practice. It's called date night, right? Once a week, we do something together. We have dessert. Um, we, we go out for a drink or, we, uh, or for a meal or we go to the movies or we hang by the fire with a glass of wine. You know, it's, it's hard. It's a hard discipline. Uh, but someone's got to do it. Uh, I, didn't, I, I didn't say that these disciplines are hard. But, you know, it's a discipline to do that, to, make, to carve out the time to do that. If I go into that with the, with the idea, right, got to do my date night. Yep, done my date night. Tick, sweet, good. Done that for the week. And I don't connect with Maya as a person, then I've completely missed the point, right? Too often in our, in our thinking with God, we're like, right, got to read the Bible. Yep, read the Bible. Tick. Did you connect with Jesus? No, but I read the Bible. Well, yippee, okay, yay, but it makes no difference. It's about connecting with Jesus. It's the same with any relationship. I, I do dates uh, with my girls once a week. I take one of them out and uh, we go for a coffee. We generally go to the library because it's just their favorite place. But it's about that connection. And sometimes I realize at the end of it, oh, I haven't actually I haven't made the effort to connect with them in this time. I've just been going through the motions of doing the thing. Too often we just go through the motions of doing the thing. We've got to remember it's all about connecting with Jesus. So that's my first point about these practices in our lives. They're about connecting with Jesus. Second point is the fruit is outside the practice. What the heck does that mean? The fruit is outside the practice. We've established, you know, we live in this kind of next now instant generation. Uh, and we want instant results from God. And so when we're talking about practices, we want instant results from our practices. But that's not how they work. Because that's not how God works. You know, God is a gardener, not a magician. Right? God is a gardener, not a magician. My all-time favorite passage is this, John 15, 1 to 5. I'll read it to you. I am the true vine, says Jesus, and my Father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch from me that does not bear fruit, uh, while every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes, so that it will be even more fruitful. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. So Jesus is the vine. God is the God is the gardener. God's a gardener, not a magician. Because here's how we want everything to work. Oh, I need an answer. I read the Bible. God, read the Bible. I want an answer. And we, want an, we want an instant answer right then and there. Or um, every time I serve someone, God, I just want angels to gather around me and see and sing sweetly and, and just see how wonderful I am. Uh, you know, every time I, I hang with God in solitude, I just want divine revelations just directly. Come on, open heaven. I enjoy doing a bit of gardening. I've got a, I've got a glass house. I've got some tomatoes in it. We're just getting the last of them now. They're still kind of um, struggling away there. I need to rip them out probably. But 
Those tomatoes, they took work. I planted them, I staked them, I pruned them, I tied them up, I put some slug stuff on them, I pruned them again, I watered them. Actually, I set up an automatic watering system, so that was smart. Uh, And eventually, I got some fruit. But what we want to do is we want to like put the plant in, water, bang, instant tomato. That's what we want. And that's kind of how we approach God. Like, uh, okay, God, I'm here. Now, instant answer, instant healing, instant progress, instant everything. Whereas the fruit is outside the practice. So the practice is the gardening. It's the watering, it's the pruning, it's the the shaping, it's the tying up, it's all that stuff, it's the waiting. And then the fruit comes. The fruit is outside the practice. So you read scripture, you pray, you serve, you draw closer to Jesus over and over again. And then from out of your life comes fruit. The fruit of the Spirit, the love, the joy, the peace, the patience, the kindness, the goodness, the gentleness, the humility, the self-control. Those fruit, but also the the fruit of laying hands on someone. And because you've been been praying, you've been connecting with God, His power is flowing through you. And you you see a a miracle. The fruit is when you have a, you've been connecting with with Jesus and and so your friend is downhearted and you have an encouraging word, you have a prophetic word for them. The fruit comes outside of the practices. We have to get our mind around that. That actually, we don't grow the fruit in our lives. God does. We, we put ourselves in the position, but God produces the fruit. You don't grow it. We think we just, you know, white knuckle it and grit our teeth. We will produce fruit. We're going to squeeze out a tomato. No, you're not. (laughs) Squeeze out something else. No, you don't. The fruit, you allow God to grow it in you. The disciplines don't grow it. Jesus does. The disciplines just connect you with his life-giving power. Galatians 6 verse 8 says this, Whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Paul's using the same gardening kind of analogy. He's saying that a farmer is actually helpless to grow the grain. All he or or she can do is provide the right conditions for the growing of the grain, cultivate the ground, plant the seed, water it, and then just nature takes its course and the earth takes over and the grain grows. The spiritual disciplines are a way of sowing to the Spirit. We sow to the Spirit in our lives by practicing these things. And out of that comes the fruit. Are you getting this, church? Good, good. Because this is, this is how God works. This is how God actually grows us as disciples. That God way, the, 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 the disciplines, the practices, that are God ways of getting us in the ground where God can then do the work in us. Because by themselves... You know, those, those disciplines can, can do nothing. But when God in that space, fruit happens. Fruit comes. Can I invite the, the, the musos up? So the fruit is, is after the practice, is outside the practice. And finally, 
we just need to begin now. We just need to begin putting these things. And possibly you have some good practices in your life already. And that is awesome. I commend you for that. But I know that too often those disciplines can slip into just getting the thing done. Just doing the thing because we know we should. And we know we have to. And I'm not suggesting that you just go and just uh, think, right, 5.30 tomorrow morning, I'm going to do all these disciplines Dave's talking about. I'm going to start praying and reading my Bible and meditating and I'm going to serve and I'm going to practice simplicity and submission and solitude and all these things. And um, you, you, you can't just go and do it all because, well, you'll fail within the first few days probably. Um, but also I think it's something that, as I said, doesn't happen instantly. You've got to develop these things. You've got to, you know, a, a plant starts as just a tiny seedling and it grows steadily. You've got, to, you've got to allow time to grow these things in your world. Too often we think that, that our own human kind of transformation happens just by our, our human will and determination. Right, I'm going to do these practices. And we forget that actually that's not how it happens. The inner righteousness, the change comes from God. Becoming more like Christ only happens through Christ, not through our own efforts. There's a saying, you will know it. It's that you are the company you keep. I don't think there's many truer sayings. When it comes to growing as disciples, when we are with Jesus, we become more like Him. If you keep company with Christ, you will become more like Him. See, the demand is actually for an inside job. It's not anything we can externally do. We can try and put these things on ourselves, but actually it's got to come from the inside. These rhythms of grace, we've got to form in our hearts and they will just connect us to the source. But we've got to get on that path. And the only way that happens is if we carve out some time and, and, and choose to do it. And today, I'm not going to tell you what disciplines you need to put into your life. Over the course of this series, we will we'll be unwrapping a number of them. Uh, and it's going to be really cool. Um, yeah, I'm really excited but, uh, about those disciplines. But actually today, I just want us to, to spend some time. Like I said, it's all about connecting with Jesus. And actually, I believe He wants to talk to you about what discipline, just, just maybe one, maybe two. This week, you need to start rebuilding in your world. And so we're going we're gonna to take some time just to ask God. It could be solitude. It just could be just taking some time out, just one-on-one with Jesus. It could be service. It could be taking some time to serve someone in your family or someone in your workplace. It could be submission. It could be just coming under your boss in and, and, and that space. It could be um, prayer. It could be reading the Bible. It could be any number of different things. Basically, if it's drawing you closer to Jesus, it's a discipline that you want in your life. So so in this space, when we, when we stand to our feet, let's just take a moment. I've done enough speaking, but let's, let's let the Holy Spirit speak to us directly. 
I think it just starts with a, with a willingness. A willingness to go, yep, I need to build some practices into my life that are gonna connect me more with Jesus. And when, if you've got that willingness, then I believe God will speak to you about what those practices are. And if, if after this time of prayer, He hasn't spoken to you about that, then I would suggest that prayer is perhaps the one that you need to build into your life. Because prayer is not just us asking things of God, it's us also listening and receiving from Him. So let's just take a moment. I, I wanna pray and I trust that you'll join and we'll have a moment of just receiving from God. Father, we thank you for the life that you've given us, the righteousness that we have in Christ. And we thank you that it is a free gift of grace. We don't have to earn it. We can just walk freely in it. But Lord, we recognize that to grow in that grace, we need to partner with you. We need to put some things in our world which will, which will position us to grow will position us in your presence, will position us in the ground, the fertile ground where you can then grow fruit in our lives. And so Holy Spirit, I pray that right now you would drop into our hearts the things that we need to start doing this week. Just into every heart right now, Holy Spirit, speak. Father, I thank you that you speak. Lord, help us to begin. Help us to begin today, (laughs) this week, to start to put those practices, those unforced rhythms of grace into our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. I think a good practice is to hold yourself accountable. So right now, you're gonna turn to your neighbor. You're gonna tell them what God told you to do. And next week, you're gonna find that person and you're gonna say, how'd you go with that thing? Is that good? Come on, come on, let's do this. Let's do this, I'm gonna find someone. Should only take a moment. It's good. Have you got it? Have you done it? You're holding that person accountable this week. It'll be good. Just want to gather it back together now. I, I know that there'll be, there'll quite possibly be some people here today and this whole idea of practices and disciplines, it doesn't mean a lot to you because, well, these disciplines are, are related to being a disciple. And a disciple, as I said, is just being a pupil of someone. If you're a Christian here today, you're a pupil, you're a disciple of Jesus. But if you're not a disciple of Jesus, then these practices, they don't mean much. If you're here today and you don't have a relationship with Christ, then I want to give you that opportunity 
it is the most amazing thing you will do. You know, for a long time, I, I just believed in a higher power. I believed in a God. But it wasn't until I, I, I opened my heart to Jesus that things turned around, that things changed. It was actually at that moment that the peace, the love, the joy of God filled my life. And, and I was changed forever. You can have a a, a a belief in a higher power, and that's that's a good start. But actually, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father except through me. He is the one we need to connect with. And if just with every eye closed and he bowed in this place, if you're here this morning and you think, yeah, actually, I don't have a relationship. I'm not a disciple of this Jesus. Uh, I need to come to him. And I want to give you a, an opportunity just right here now. With every eye closed, you just slip your hand up. I'll see it. You put it down. That's awesome. I see that hand up there. Anybody else? Cool. That's fantastic. I've seen three hands this morning. Anybody else? Okay, so what, we, what we're going to do now is we're going we're gonna to pray. I'm going to pray a line. You'll pray it. It back and actually we'll all pray it together uh, and yeah this is just us giving ourselves to Jesus so let's pray dear God I come to you today and I recognize my need for a savior Jesus forgive me for all my wrong come into my heart and lead me forward I am no longer my own. I am now yours. In Jesus' name, amen. Awesome. Come on, let's put our hands together. That's fantastic. I would love to connect with you after the service. Um, that would be fantastic to do that. But I tell you, church, let's start to build some disciplines, build some practices into our world. Because far more than anything else, these are going to change us to become more like Jesus. Amen.